this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag for Paris podcast. It is wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. Do you need more peace in your life? Have you ever thought that or, or felt that? I mean, when I say the word peace, it's easy to, to look around at the world that we live in and think, yeah, we need a little more peace. You just have to look to the situation in Ukraine or Afghanistan or Myanmar, multiple places throughout Africa. There's all kinds of wars and destruction and, and fighting going on in the world. So, yeah, of course, we need more peace. But what about in your life, your, your personal life? with your family, your relationships, could you use a little bit more peace? Have you ever felt like there was peace that was missing and needed? I think we've all felt that way at one time or another, or perhaps for some of us it's maybe a constant feeling that we just need more peace in our life. And I think what I want to talk about today and, and what I want to present to you is that I believe that, that peace in our personal lives and ultimately in our world as a whole has to start with peace between us and God. And, and what I mean is a personal peace, peace between you and the God who created you. Because if we can't be at peace with the person who made us in his own image, who made us to have a relationship with him, how can we possibly hope to have peace anywhere else in our lives? And so, as I kind of live my life and I, I'm constantly looking for this, this peace, I feel like, I've always wanted to know and I constantly come back to this question of, of how do I achieve more peace with God? And that's what I want to talk about today. And, and to do that, I want to turn to a passage in my favorite book of the Bible, which is the book of Romans. And if you haven't read it, I really encourage you to open it up, uh, crack a Bible, and turn to Romans at one point. Really what this book is, is it, it's a letter that the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Rome. And he's never visited, he's never really seen this church or any of these people in person. So before he visits them, he wants to let them know what they're in for. And so what Paul does in this book is he kind of gives them a really broad and, and also at times specific view on, on himself, on what he believes and what he knows to be true about the gospel and about living a Christian life. And so oftentimes if I'm looking for, for answers for my own life in scripture, Romans is one of the first books that I will turn to. And so when we're, we're talking about peace with God, Romans chapter 5 begins this way. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul says, makes this statement, and when he does, he's suggesting that we, any of us who, who believe in Jesus, who consider ourselves Christians, we already have peace with God. But, but how? How do we have peace with God? Well, he says, since we have been justified through faith and through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so what does that statement mean? Well, faith means, you know, undeniable uh, trust or, or confidence in someone or something, and justified 
I mean, we can go down this rabbit hole. You, I get start to get this image of, you know, a child who's asking why questions. If you've ever <laughs> tried to answer a young child who's asked the question, why this, why that, you know you can lead to a series of more and more questions. And I feel like that's what we're getting to here. Uh, so it's important to know that this statement that Paul makes, that, that we already have this peace with God, this comes in chapter 5 of his letter. He's already spent four chapters worth of his letter leading up to this point. And so rather than go through all of that and see how Paul says we've arrived already at this peace with God, I just want to jump back a couple steps and look at some things from the beginning. See, there's a reality that, that Paul talks about earlier in his letter, and that's the reality that we are all sinners. Now, when I say that we're all sinners, what I mean by that is that we all say and, and do and think things that are, are counter to the way that, that maybe we ought to behave. They go against the ways and, and the things that, that God has taught us to do and to be. And so Paul writes earlier in the book of Romans that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. And I think to deny that fact is to delude ourselves, to either be naive or to be self-deceived. The reality is that we all do things that fail. We fail ourselves and ultimately we, we fail God. And I think we all know that from personal experience. We've all felt at times that, that we failed or, or done something that we shouldn't have. But Paul also says, yes, we are sinners, but we have been justified. Now, when the Bible speaks about justification, and when Paul speaks about it here, he's talking about being declared righteous. When a convicted sinner puts his, his or her faith in the atoning sacrifice of Jesus, then a righteous God declares that sinner to be righteous. God sees our, our faith in Jesus and he declares us to be righteous, to be free of sin. We are, we are justified by our faith in Jesus. And there, there's a small difference here that I want to point out between justification and, and forgiveness. And I think of it like in a courtroom situation. Okay, if, you're, if you've committed some crime and, and you're on trial for this crime, if you're forgiven in, in the courtroom, then perhaps you're, you're, you know, you're considered guilty, but you're allowed to leave. You're, you're set free. You don't have to go to jail or serve time or pay a fine. You're forgiven for your crimes. But justification takes that a step further. It also means not only are you forgiven, you don't have to pay a fine, but you are considered innocent. You are justified in the defense that you gave. What God does when he sees our faith in him, when he sees our faith in Jesus, is he declares us justified, as if we had never sinned at all. We're completely pardoned and forgiven. God declares us righteous in his sight. Now keep in mind what Paul also says earlier in Romans is that when we are justified, it is through our faith and it is apart from works of the law, meaning that it's, it's not because of anything that we do or say or any actions that we take. None of that stuff can lead us to being justified in God's court of law. 
But what does lead to that is our faith and our belief, ultimately our trust in Jesus and who he was and what he did for us. Now, I think a perfect example and an illustration of of justified and and faith going together is the story of of Abraham. And if you don't know the story, just just briefly, Abraham was an aging man who had no children and and a wife who, who couldn't bear him children. And he was asked by God to take a journey to walk physically across the country to this land that God promised he would give Abraham. And God promised Abraham that he would turn him into a great nation through his descendants and that they would inhabit this great land. Now, Abraham would later be declared to be God's friend. And he would ultimately have a close relationship with God. And all of that would happen not because of anything Abraham did necessarily, but simply because when God told Abraham those things, when God gave Abraham those promises, Abraham believed him. And so in God's eyes, Abraham was justified through his faith. It was by faith alone, in believing in what God had promised. And the same is true for us. Justification, this this legal declaration by God the Father, pronouncing that we sinners are acquitted because we put our faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The moment that you believe that, you understand and you believe that, God declares you just in his eyes. Some other things happen too, of course, but ultimately God sees you as just. And so Paul says because of that, because of that nature, because of God's graciousness that he can do that to us simply by us having faith in him and his son, because of that, we already have peace with God. Now, what does that peace with God really mean for us if it's something that that we already have once we believe? The implications really, I think, are are extensive. I mean, for one thing, if, if you are justified by God, you become a member of God's family. There's no longer any hostility between you and God. You are really at peace with him. You're one and a part of his family. We're also no longer held in fear of punishment. I mean, we don't, we don't have to feel like God is just waiting around on his throne to, to jump and punish us when we do something wrong because we've already been justified in his eyes. He sees us as blameless. So we don't have to be afraid of punishment from God. And moreover, because of that, we don't have to be afraid of death. We don't have to be afraid that when we die, we're going to face some ultimate judgment or or wrath of God because of all the sins and, and, and bad things we've done in our lives. We don't have to be afraid of that because we know that God has declared us justified and we have peace with him already. We find ourselves now in this love relationship with God. Christ has resolved our fears and through our faith in him, His perfect love casts out all fear. And it's now a loving relationship with God, a peaceful relationship with God. And the great truth of the gospel is that 
we have that peace with him the moment we believe in him and who he was and is. And so now we have peace with God, a peace that we're told can never be taken away. And as Paul would go on to elaborate later on in his letter to the Romans, because we have this peace, we can now begin to grow in God's grace. In other words, since we have this peace, we now have the potential to be made into the likeness of God, into the likeness of Jesus. Now, I say all of it in, all of that, and, and that sounds fantastic. I mean, it sounds wonderful that, to know that I already am at peace with God. But all of those things that I mentioned at the beginning here, they still ring true to me a little bit. I mean, I still feel like I'm, I'm missing peace in my life. I still feel like, at times, I need more of it. So, if I already have peace with God. Why don't I always feel that way? And I think the answer is, is kind of simple and at the same time not so simple. I believe the answer is because we still sin. We still make mistakes. We still do things that maybe aren't the best for our relationship with God and, and not the best for our relationships with other people. And Paul in his letter to the Romans is not saying that at the moment that we trust in Jesus as our Savior, that, that we're completely changed, that, that we don't have any more sin in our lives. No, but we still sin, even though we try not to. And, and that can lead us, I think, to, to losing our sense of that peace that we have. We can, we can lose our sight of it. We don't always see where it is or how it's impacting our lives, because we still have these troubles and, and this sin in our lives. So the question then is, is what can we do about that? I mean, when, when you lose your, your sense of that peace with God, what can you do to get it back? What can you do to feel that peace in your life more and more? And I think one of the best ways, one of the simplest ways, is to, is to open the Bible and review the fact that you are justified in God's eyes. Go over the facts that God gives us in his word. Remind yourself what God has declared about you, that he loves you, you are his child, and that God is able to perform everything that he has promised us in scripture, just as he did for Abraham. Talk to yourself about it. Remind yourself of these great things in God's word these great truths that we've already talked about here this morning. The reality is that all of that depends on God. There isn't really much we can do except to remind ourselves that it's all on God. God is doing it all for us. It is because of him that we have peace, not because of ourselves. God has already dealt with all of the things that could possibly keep us from him. And so we can rest in that fact when we remind ourselves of it. The second thing I think, you know, when I'm trying to get more peace or, or we're trying to get that, that sense of it back, I think one thing that's important for us is, is not to let our, our conduct or our behavior disturb that sense of our peace with God. The reality is that 
there are things and, and people and, and powers in the world that will always accuse you. They will always try to destroy your peace with God. The smallest things, sometimes big things, but they always try to remove for the time being that sense of peace. They try to break our, our intimate fellowship with God. We never, we never lose our salvation. We ne- never ultimately lose that peace with God. But they try to disjoint us from it. We can just lose our sense of it. But for that too, God has provided us with a solution. He's given us like a bar of soap to wash all that stuff away. And he wants us to use it every day. And what that is, is confessing to him the things that trouble us, the things that are because of us, the things that we have caused that trouble us, and the things that others have caused that trouble us. What God gives us is the ability to come to him every day with all of those things. The reality is that if we bring those to him, he is faithful and he is just. And when we bring him in particular the things that that we have done, the things that mistakes that we have made that might be holding us back, God takes that and he sees us again as righteous. If we go to him on a particular day and and try to tell him that, that we haven't sinned, we've been perfect that day, God knows we're lying to him. And I think really we know it too. The reality is that we need to keep short agendas with God. We need to deal with him daily and deal with the problems and the mistakes in our own lives every day. Don't let those behaviors or thoughts carry on and turn into attitudes that continually rob you of that sense of peace with God. Unconfessed sin or or unrepentant behaviors, bad attitudes towards ourselves, towards others, they can all rob us of that peace. So every day we need to take those things and bring them to God and just be honest about them. Now I think if we do these things and and we start to see this sense of, of peace and the feeling of it creep back into our lives more and more, this does a lot of things for us. And And to illustrate that, I want to continue reading and pick back up from our passage in Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. 
While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. What this is and and what this passage, the rest of it, is about is that this abundance of grace, this peace that God has given us with himself, it gives us hope. Hope to face tribulations, trials, persecutions of all kind, any pressures that come to you today, you have hope to face it. And this sense of hope even more gives us a certainty. Romans, this passage in Romans tells us that we rejoice because God takes these pressures in our life and he uses them to bring glory to his name. And when we are at peace with God, we know that that's what he's doing. The pressure is off of us. We know that these things, these terrible things that are happening in our lives, these discord, uh, these senses of discord that we have in our relationships, God is taking those and he is working through them. And he is going to do good things for us. His grace and his power is constantly available to us because we are at peace with him. And because we're at peace, we can draw near to him in full assurance of all that he's already done for us. His love for us came to us while we were helpless. And so when I sit here, when you sit here on any given day and you feel a sense of helplessness, know that that is the exact position in which God first came to us to give us that peace. It wasn't because we were great people or we had it all together. It was precisely because we didn't that God came into our lives and gave us peace. Through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, on behalf of us, on behalf of you and me, we have peace with God. And so when we put our faith in that, when we put our faith in what what Jesus did and, and what God has done for us, we receive his peace and we have peace with God. So my question to sort of close off this is, is have you known that peace in your life? Because if not, I encourage you to ask Jesus to take root in your life and give you that peace. He is known as the Prince of Peace. That is what he does. That was his purpose for us, to bring us peace. And so if you haven't felt that, I encourage you just to ask them. Because he wants to bring you peace. He wants to see you prosper. He wants to save you from sin, from your own mistakes, from the circumstances that you find yourselves in through no fault of your own. 
He wants to save you from that. So ask him. Ask him to be your savior. And once we are there, once we are at peace with God, we can be at peace with ourselves. We can be at peace with others because of the confidence we have in all of those things. We don't need to fear judgment. We don't need to fear death. We simply have peace in our lives. And so we can live above the chances, the circumstances, the changes that impact our lives each and every day because of what Christ has done for us. He's our hope for today, for tomorrow, and ultimately, he is our peace. I hope you'll pray with me. Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for his sacrifice on our behalf. I thank you, Father, that ultimately our peace with you is not up to us, but up to you. You've already done it, Father. You've already given us peace with you and declare us justified the moment that we believed in your son. There is no substitute for that. We can't get that anywhere else. And and so, God, I just thank you that we have that with you. And, Father, I just ask that as we go through life, as we go through trials, as we go through discordant relationships, as we see things happen in our world that are not peaceful, God, I pray that you would remind us, Father, that, that it starts with peace with you. And I just ask that you help us to see that. We know now that we have it, but we still feel like sometimes we lose our grasp of it. And Father, I just ask that you help us in those situations. Remind us what that peace is like. Remind us of the confidence, the lack of fear that we can have because of you. Thank you. And I ask, Lord, that you would bring us peace each and every day. Amen. And so now, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you all. today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris, our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 1030 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. 
please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B dot C-A. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, We have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.